try and answer a question which a lot of people don't ask about their careers, which is, what do you want your job to do for you? What sort of lifestyle do you want it to enable for you? Looking to leave the nine to five and elevate your side hustle, the Hustle the Day podcast is the podcast for you. Your host, Trent Bray, left the nine to five grind behind and is helping others do the same and focus on the future. Hear from others who have done it and how they did it. Jump in as we talk entrepreneurship, mindset, and strategy. Just take it one day at a time and hustle the day. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I have Jeremy Klein on the show, and I'm super excited for this one because most of my guests have made the leap. They've jumped from the nine to five, or they have a side hustle going. Jeremy has not quite figured that out yet, other than he knows he wants it. He's making steps towards it. Great insight behind his mindset and mind frame right now. You're going to want to listen to this one. Let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited to have Jeremy Klein on the show today. Jeremy, why don't you jump in? Tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, first of all, Trent, thanks so much for having me on. Um, yeah, so I'm here in the UK and I have this kind of slightly strange double life at the moment. So by background and profession, I'm a lawyer and I'm still a lawyer. But I'm in the process of trying to figure out how I can transition out of being a lawyer. I kind of figured out maybe two or three years ago that even though I've been doing it for it's getting on for actually it's getting on for 20 years now, it's I'm fulfilling someone else's dream. It's it's not it's not for me. And I just don't feel like I have autonomy. I don't feel like I have freedom. I'm not doing it for me. I'm kind of constrained by the corporate environment. And I mean, don't get me wrong, in, in my area and for whom I work for, it's it's actually a great place. If I wanted to continue doing what I do at the moment, then yeah, I'm pretty happy with where it is, but it's just not something which I'm at the moment finding hugely fulfilling and at the moment not something that I think I want to do for the next 25 years of my working life. So my first step in trying to transition out of being a lawyer is um, I started a podcast. So it's been going about 18 months and it's a podcast which is all about career change, um, which I appreciate is a bit meta. You know, you talk about what you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's called change work life. And my podcast is for you. If you're a professional, you've been doing what you've been doing for maybe 15, 20 years, you're getting pretty good at it. You're quite senior. You're probably pretty well paid. If you stick in it, it's a, a strong path. You can do really well in this career. Um, you're probably at a stage of life where you've got family, partner, kids, mortgage, car, all those sorts of trappings. Outwardly, life looks great. But the problem is that the job just doesn't seem all that fulfilling. Now, this might sound exactly like what I was talking about a moment ago with my own position. And yeah, exactly. My podcast is aimed at people who kind of are like me in terms of where they are professionally and personally. And 
certainly what I've been experiencing, and I know what a lot of my audience experiences, is the fear of changing out of whatever the profession is, be it law, accountancy, medicine, architecture, whatever it is. There's fears around, am I going to be able to earn the same amount of money at the moment? You know, I've got accustomed to my lifestyle and there's a lot of fear about taking a pay cut or maybe having to retrain, go back to school. So there's a period where you're not earning and potentially you've got to spend money on fees. There's fears about, well, what would I even do? I've been doing this for 15 years. I mean, what what else is out there? What am I going to do? It's the thing I've done since I left college, since I graduated. What are my family and friends going to think of me? Are they going to look at me and think, what are you doing? There's part of me that thinks I've spent 15, 20 years doing this. Is it just a waste? Am I throwing it away in, in changing career, changing to something completely? There's kind of like an identity crisis. If I'm not a lawyer, accountant, doctor, then what am I? Because, you know, a lot of people's careers are, a lot of people's identities are bound up in their careers. And so, yeah, th this is all stuff that I was going through, all stuff that was going on in my head. I know that there's lots of other people out there who have uh, similar doubts, similar fears, similar desires for change, but not really knowing how to go about it and what to do about it. And so I started the podcast as a means to help myself to answer some of these questions and also to help other people in a similar situation. And the way I do it, it's a, an interview-based podcast. And my guests are, they broadly fall into two, into two categories. They're either people who have changed careers themselves. So I had one guest, absolutely love this guy, in his 50s, having been in IT for 30 something years, he got made redundant and then decided he was going to become a hypnotherapist, of all things. He had had some hypnotherapy before, apparently it had helped him give up smoking and he decided, you know what, that's what I want to practice. Uh, I had another guest who set up her own accountancy practice, very successful, but then she sold out and she's now a canine behaviorist. So that's one category of guests, the people who've made these fairly radical career changes. And then the other category is more the, the coach type person. So the, the person that you go to to help you try and figure out all this stuff. So the person who gives you the exercises that help you work out what your values are, what are you good at, what are you not good at, what do you like, what do you dislike, what are your aptitudes, what are your natural skills, what directions might they point you to? And then there's the the coaches who talk about the more some of the more strategic stuff that goes around that. So interview skills, resume writing, having difficult conversations at work, some of the more um, sort of the the health side of things, looking after your mental health, nutrition, getting enough sleep, and really the ultimate aim of the podcast is to try and make people not dread getting up. Sorry, not dread getting up on a Monday morning. So not go to bed on a Sunday, having that sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach that, oh, tomorrow's Monday. Oh no, I've got to go back to work. Um, so yeah, that, that's what the podcast is about. And that's my kind of first foray into trying to transition myself out of what I'm doing. 
Yeah. And believe me, when you were speaking, I feel like you were inside my own head of <laughs> where I have been on, on my journey of, you know, your identity being wrapped up in this and you know, what will people think and all these different things, all things that have gone through my head multiple times, multiple times per day, even. And so I completely understand and relate to you on that. Uh, but I love that you're, you're trying it. You're, you're willing to step out of your comfort zone a little bit and explore those opportunities because you know, it, it isn't a waste if you learn something from it and you're able to take that into what you're planning to do. So I want to ask you, how is it that being a lawyer has set you up? What are some of those lessons that you've learned to be able to take to your next venture, whatever that may end up being? Yeah, I mean, you certainly do pick up lots of useful skills as a lawyer. I mean, knowing the law is probably pretty low down on the list. Um, yeah, I mean, you do you have to know enough to spot things, but a lot of what I do is research. So, you know, that's one good thing. I am pretty, pretty good at doing research, which means when it comes to trying to figure out, so how do I record a podcast? How do I edit a podcast? How do I post it? How do I market it? All that sort of stuff. I'm pretty good at, you know, asking Google the right questions and um, getting to that place and taking the information in and synthesizing it and turning it into something useful. You've got to be pretty organized, depending on what line of law you're in, but certainly in, in what I do, um, I'm often involved in these kind of big transactional things where there's a whole series of steps. And one of the things that I've had to learn to do as a lawyer is to literally take that project and break it into a small series of steps, really getting quite granular. And again, that's something which has really helped with the podcasting because there are a lot of processes that you have to go through and I'm learning ways to avoid reinventing the wheel. So sort of setting up, um, setting up my own processes so that I know what I'm doing. I've been trying to get into the habit of effectively writing my own standard operating procedures. So when I'm posting an episode, you know, this is what I do because I do the same thing every time. Or when I'm doing um, audiograms, this is what I do because I do it every time. At the moment, I'm very bad at that. And I've only got one SOP, which is for the audiograms. Um, but that has just been invaluable because otherwise you just kind of forget about it. Um, or, you, you know, you kind of half know what you're doing and then you kind of get to a point and then you realize that you've missed a step and you, you kind of then waste time going back and by that stage you've got to posting your third episode and you've realized that you've missed that step for episodes one and two as well so you've got to go back and correct that and I guess it's also helped me with the interview skills I think I'm, I'm naturally quite curious about people anyway and really enjoy talking to people but as a lawyer when you're client facing then you've got to be able to draw out what it is what, what is it that the person you're talking to needs help with. So you've got to, you know, occasionally you've got to dance around it and just make sure that you understand not just what they think the issue is, but 
what the actual issue is or what the pitfalls might be around what it is they're trying to achieve. And I think that's probably helped me with the interview skills, um, just because it means that I'm, I'm much more willing when I hear an interesting point to go, okay, so tell me more about that and dive into things. And if, if a guest says something which I think is potentially open to challenge, then I can go, okay, can I just press you on that point and, and, and go into it a little bit? Yeah, no, though I can definitely see how those uh, skills that you've picked up translate well to what you're wanting to do next. And you, you've dipped your toes in, you've been doing this podcast now for over a year, which congratulations, first of all. Uh, but I want to ask you, how has starting this podcast affected your decision to leave the day job? You know, you, you started this change work life podcast, but you did it to kind of see if there's something else out there for you. And now having done it for you over a year, how has that changed your outlook? Yeah, that's a really good question. I guess I started the podcast partly to find out the answer to these questions, but also because I really had in mind that I wanted to start something of my own, effectively my own business. And I'd had various ideas, things that I could do, which were largely around problems that I was facing myself. And at the time, I thought, yes, it is definitely possible to make money from podcasting. Um, I still think it is possible to make money from podcasting, but I think it's an awful lot harder than I first thought when I decided to go down this road. You know, I, I thought, oh, yeah, I just need a few thousand downloads a week and then I'll be able to get money through sponsorships and affiliate advertising and, and all, all that sort of stuff. And I now realize, and don't get me wrong, I'm very proud of the number of downloads that I have, but it's more in the kind of low hundreds a week rather than thousands a week. And you know, that's, that's fine. And that's all great. Um, but yeah, I, I decided that starting a podcast was going to be my first foray into starting my own business, either on the basis that the podcast itself could turn into a business. If I could grow the audience, get the numbers up, explore sponsorship opportunities and affiliate opportunities and all the other things that you see podcasters doing or I could use it to find some kind of a business idea. So I guess I was originally thinking, and I still am thinking that that could be in the career space. So I'm starting to build an email list and I'm, I'm going to go out to my audience in the not too distant future and ask them, so what problems are you facing at the moment? And hopefully learn from that what the biggest issues people have in terms of their job satisfaction and careers, what, what the, those issues are at the moment, and think about what solutions I might be able to offer, whether it's me personally or whether it's through relationships with other people, other career coaches, that kind of thing. I've also learned that just doing the podcast itself, there's lots of support industries that go around podcasting. So there are people who edit podcasts, there are people who do show notes, transcripts, all that kind of stuff. And I've kind of toyed with the idea of whether now that I outsource all that sort of stuff myself, well, there's no reason why I can't outsource that stuff for other people as well. So other podcasters will want to outsource their editing, show notes, that sort of thing. I know people who can do it so they could come to me 
and then I can get people to do the work, essentially an agency model. So, you know, that's something that I've thought about. And there's probably lots of areas that I haven't thought about. Um, so my my thinking, I think my thinking is continually evolving and I haven't yet figured out exactly what is going to be my kind of first big step into turning this from, you know, it's, I'm loath to call it a business at the moment. It's more of a side venture. I'm, I'm definitely creating an asset um, and it's an asset that hopefully in the future I'll be able to leverage. But what's that first big step going to be that actually turns it into something that would make me think, okay, I'm now in a position seriously to consider leaving my job because at the moment I'm, I'm not in that position and I'm not at the moment brave enough just to make the leap to, you know, completely cut the ties, throw myself to the wolves and, and hope basically. I know some people do do that. I've had an awful lot of people who have advised me not to do that. Um, and at the moment that's, that's the side that I'm, I'm playing with at the moment. So yeah, I'm I'm exploring where it might go. And actually in the process, I'm starting to get some coaching myself just quite recently um, to help me figure out, well, now I've now I've got some more thoughts, what's actually the best thing for me. I've I've got I'm getting an awful lot of um lessons, feedback from my guests. Um, you know, the the wonderful thing about having a podcast is you get some ton you you just get tons of great content and advice and things to try and you know as we record i've now interviewed getting on for 90 people and that's effectively like 90 hours of free career coaching which is amazing but what i've realized i need is a little bit there's something a little bit more personalized so the um the accountability of having an appointment every two weeks with a coach just to help me figure out, okay, I've, I've created this. I've been through some processes. I've learned a staggering amount. What can I do in terms of making this a, a next step, trying to get a little bit more focused on that. So that's, that's kind of where I am at the moment. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, I love this conversation because I typically interview people who have already made the leap or have one foot out the door already. I've, I love hearing your experience being on the other side, you know, plotting and planning, but haven't quite made that leap yet. You know, you're like I mentioned, you're dipping your toes in the water a little bit to see how it is. But I love hearing what processes you're going through and the mind frame you're in. So I, I want to ask you, you mentioned the coaching thing, but what are some of those other little steps that you're taking right now to help you get to your ultimate goal of leaving the day job? So I guess what I am doing principally at the moment is trying to develop the podcast in terms of getting my listener numbers up and also the number of people on my email list. Because what I really want to do is go out and ask my audience, what is it you need? What are, what are the challenges you're facing? And I found when I started the podcast, it's it's been a real evolution because when I started out, I was literally doing everything myself. So, you know, finding the guests, 
contacting them, getting them booked in, doing the interviews, editing the interviews, doing the show notes. I was doing all of that myself. And I realized because I have a limited amount of time to do all this, that I was creating a hamster wheel for myself. And I I wasn't going to have time to do any of the any of the new stuff, the development stuff, unless I essentially unless I bought myself some new time. So that's exactly what I've done. So um I did I I outsourced the transcriptions pretty early on. Um, I I use one of these um, artificial intelligence-based transcription services, which you know takes your audio and spits out something vaguely comprehensible. But they're just you know they're good, but they get you about eighty percent of the way there. And my philosophy behind transcripts is that I want people to be able to read them and understand them and not have to go back to the audio. So. They, create, they, they require a fair bit of panel beating to get them into shape. And I got about a third of the way through my first episode of doing that, of going through the transcript and thought, no way, there is no way I'm doing this. So I, I pretty much outsourced that from day one. But then when I was about 20 or so episodes in, I realized that the editing, I was okay at it, that I was pretty happy with the finished results. It was quite fun listening back to um listening back to the interview and uh you know going through the process of editing it and everything not something i'd ever done before but again it was just too time consuming so about 20 episodes in outsourced that that freed up a bit more time um which allowed me to think about starting an email list designing a lead magnet getting that out there um and then once i started an email list realizing that i had to do I had to send some emails to these people just to keep them interested. So I do a, a weekly email newsletter and I realized, okay, there's something else I need to outsource. What's that going to be next? That's going to be the show notes. So started outsourcing that I don't know, six months ago or, or so. And all this sort of refining the process and working out what I can outsource has freed up a bit more time so that I can start to focus more on building my list and building my audience and Part of my strategy of building my audience is appearing on very fine podcasts such as yourself in the hope that some of your audience thinks, hey, Trent's podcast is absolutely brilliant. That guy, Jeremy, he was talking about some interesting stuff. I might check out his podcast as well, see what's on there. Yeah, that is definitely an effective strategy. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the compliment. I, I, I know that... Uh, what you're doing already is fantastic, Jeremy. So I appreciate that you're putting your podcast out there and you've learned so much from it. But I love that you touched on a couple of times now of uh, asking people what they need. And I think that is way underrated. It's something that I've personally done with my own, um, you know, Hustle Energy product where I was asking people, okay, what about this bottle design versus this bottle design and all these different minute things, but a great story of uh, somebody who I had on the podcast prior, they talked about, they started writing a book and they're like, this is what people need. And then they started getting down the road a little bit on the book and they're like, you know what? I'm just going to ask, I'm going to ask if I wrote a book about business, what would you like? What kind of information would you like in there? And it was completely different from the route that he was going. 
So I think it is hugely beneficial that you have that foresight that you understand, okay, this is kind of the end goal that I want to get to because that is going to be more valuable than all the time doing research on the wrong idea. I think so. And I think also framing it as asking people what their challenges are, what their difficulties are. That's something that I've learned is a really good way of going about it. Um, I don't know if the story is apocryphal, but you know, the, the saying goes that Henry Ford said that if he'd asked people what they needed, they would have just said faster horses. But what they actually needed was a means of getting from A to B more quickly. That was their challenge. And so, you know, he didn't develop faster horses, obviously. So yeah, that's that's why I'm I'm planning on going down that route. Yeah, no, I love that. And and I love that you understand how how to phrase it the right way, because I think that will be beneficial for you. Um, so in your process of starting the podcast, you mentioned you're great at research, you kind of understand what things are coming your way, but what was a challenge that you never expected to have happen? Oh, that is a good question. I didn't, th- I, I think when I first had the idea and when I started, I underappreciated how difficult it was going to be to build up the audience. Um, and that was completely naive. And now I look back on it, I can't believe that I was so naive because I, I started literally from a standing start. I had no list, no people who knew me as a podcaster or anything like this. So when I, dropped my first three episodes. I was literally messaging everyone I knew saying, Hey, come listen to my podcast. And you know, you get, I don't know, 20 people that way or something like that. Um, and so I've had to work pretty hard to, to get, to get my listeners. And I've, you know, almost had to kind of, to win every single one. I've done that through, um, uh, you know, forums like Reddit career groups, that sort of thing. You, you go on there and you see, yeah, you see, you see similar themes and similar questions coming out. Um, you know, they're often framed different ways, but they're, they're kind of, a lot of them are all about the same thing, which is great because it gives me ideas for what, to, what, what things people want uh, answers to. And so things I can cover on the podcast. And then when I've got those episodes, I can go, okay, well, here's some ideas. And if you're interested in going into it a bit more further, then here's a link to a podcast episode, which might be useful. Um, and, you know, that's kind of slowly causing people to subscribe and and get myself listeners, but boy, is it a slow process. And I, th- I think that's the thing I just hadn't appreciated from the start, just, just how, how much of a grind that is. Yeah, you're you're preaching to the choir here. Yeah, that is definitely something that I I've I don't think I thought I underestimated it uh, initially. It's like okay, this is going to take some work. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. But again, you don't necessarily realize the effort that it really does take. Um, so I can definitely appreciate where you're coming from on that and understand uh, what what it really does take to grow that listenership. And, you know, it, it's something that's uh it's always a moving target. You hit one goal. It's like, okay, now we got to get to the next goal and then to the next goal. But um, it's, it's been a great process along the way. I've been able to connect with some fantastic individuals like yourself and 
been able to impact people along the way as well. That's always been a rewarding part of it. If, you know, you put out an episode and you don't know whether it's going to resonate with people. And then you start getting messages of saying, Hey, Jeremy was a fantastic guest. I loved what he was doing, what he was talking about really resonated with his personality. And that just helps propel you to keep going and keep providing and keep making that impact so that at some point, you know, it will come full circle and you'll have your next idea of how you're going to move forward. Yeah. And in the meantime, I mean, I, I listen back to my episodes once they come back from the editors, just to make sure I'm happy with the edit and everything. And I'm listening to my episodes and listening to my guests and thinking that guest provided some amazing value. And, you know, part of me thinks, come on world, listen to this. This is really worth listening to. But, you know, a large part of me does go, yeah, I'm just, I'm in a privileged position that I am able to get some of these guests on who just give me some unbelievable content. It's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Just as a medium, I, there's, there's no other place where you can deep dive into these sorts of, uh, these sorts of conversations. Absolutely. So a, a word that has been very popularized, but I feel like the, the, phrasing of it or the description of it has changed is the word hustle. And since this is the hustle of the day podcast, I want to ask you, what is your personal definition of the word hustle? I think it really chimes back to what I was saying about getting listeners and how I get listeners. I see hustling as basically going out and having to win every single listener or client or whoever it might be individually. So it's, you know, when you've got an idea, but you don't yet have a market for it, you are contacting individuals and saying, hey, are you interested in this? Move on to the next one. Hey, are you interested in this? You're, you're literally having to, I suppose I'm saying you, you have to fight, but that's kind of a bit of a negative way of putting it. But you're, you're having to work hard to get each and every single one of your first customer stroke listeners stroke reader stroke whatever it might be that's that's to me what hustling is you know they they say you can hustle your way to a, a six-figure income so you know you you can get to that stage by by doing that by going out and reaching out to people individually but then i think if you want to go beyond that that's where you have to have a reputation and a sales team and that sort of stuff yeah no i i completely agree uh, sometimes people think, how can I impact 100 people today? Start with the one. I mean, that's, that's really the way you have to do to have to do it initially to get started, to gain that momentum so that, you know, people can tell their friends about it and move on to the next person and they can tell somebody about it. You just always have to start with that one. If you can impact one person a day, that will, that will eventually uh, grow to something much bigger and have that compound effect over time. So, uh, I definitely think you are going, you're going the right route. The compound effect hasn't quite caught up to you yet, but it will get there. <laughs> uh, I hope so. I mean, that, that is one of the downsides of podcasting that I hadn't really, hadn't really appreciated sort of at the beginning is that, um, it can feel like you're shouting very loudly and you've no idea whether anyone's listening. Because you know you you might get occasional messages from people, but for the most part, people don't get in touch. So you've kind of no idea really what impact you're having on people. 
So when I get to the stage, or you know, when people do write back to me and say, "Oh yeah, that was really useful," it's it's worth so much, but it's pretty infrequent. Yeah, no, I I understand. I have had those occasions where somebody who isn't in the entrepreneurship space that uh, has gotten value out of the podcast, and they'll come up to me randomly and be like, "Oh hey, I listened to this episode. It was great. I loved what they were talking about." It's like. Great. I had no idea, but <laughs> so if, if we've learned anything from this, reach out to Jeremy, tell him he's doing a great job because he is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Knowing from the other side of things, you know, I, I know, understand how much uh, time and effort you put into this. So you're doing a great, great thing. Make sure to check out change work life, your podcast. Um, but I don't want to take too much of your time, Jeremy. So I, I want to ask you one final question and then I'll give you a chance to uh, plug where the people can best find you. But I want to ask you personal or business, what is it that excites you about the future? I think what excites me most actually is, and this is very broad, but technological innovation. There's so much stuff going on at the moment. I mean, if you just think about if the pandemic had hit even five years ago, business would not have been able to carry on the way it has. I mean, you know, people complain about Zoom fatigue and all that sort of stuff, but technologically we're in a place where I have been able to work from home almost as well as I was in the office. I mean, sure, you know, you miss seeing your colleagues, those those moments where you just happen to be having a conversation, something comes out of it, which you don't get from not being in the office, but Technology has enabled us to do a heck of a lot now that we wouldn't have been able to do had the pandemic hit five or 10 years ago. I'm very optimistic about the role that technology can can play in our lives now and in the future. Yeah, I totally understand. I think technology has made so much of our lives easier over the last year otherwise compared to what it could have been, like you mentioned, even five years ago the atmosphere would look completely different than it did this past year. So I completely agree. Technology is a great thing to look forward to and how it's going to benefit our lives in the future. Uh, but I want to give you, first of all, I want to say thank you for taking time out of your day, Jeremy, for speaking to my audience and providing such tremendous value. But I want to give you a chance to plug where people can best find more information about, with you, about you and connect with you online. Yeah, absolutely. So best place to find me is on my website. It's changeworklife.com. So changeworklife, it's all one word, changeworklife.com. There's links there where you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Um, There's a contact form there. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And if anyone's interested in a couple of exercises. If you're one of these people that I described at the at the top of the show, someone who's thinking about change, but really you just have no idea where to start, then I've got a couple of exercises on my website, which will give you a starting point, really. The, the first one is all about figuring out what you like, what you don't like, what you're good at. And then the second one is to try and answer a question which a lot of people don't ask about their careers, which is, what do you want your job to do for you? What sort of lifestyle do you want it to enable for you? And so the second exercise is really about 
drawing out what what does well what, what does your ideal life look like? What in five years' time do you want to be able to say? If someone asks you how's things and you say couldn't be better, what, what does that look like? So the second exercise is really about um, about drawing that out. Um, so yeah, I've, I've got a link for that. It's uh, changeworklife.com forward slash happy, as in opposite of sad, H A P P Y. So if people want to try those exercises um, to give themselves a starting point, then do do feel free. I hope it'll be useful. Perfect. Well, I'll make sure to include links in the show description so that people can just click on those and connect with you. But I know I've gotten a ton of value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.